Today on The Journey, from Steve DeWitt. There is nobody that loves you the way that Jesus does. And the, the evidence of that is his cross, where he died for your sins. This is a gift. Just like Christmas is a gift. As wonderful as the incarnation is, it is inadequate to save any of us. Christmas doesn't save anyone. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt. It's true, the incarnation is a gift beyond measure and echoes the true essence of Christmas, but it doesn't save us. Today on The Journey, Pastor Steve DeWitt explains that the cross stands as the ultimate demonstration of love and redemption when Christ gave his life on the cross for us. More online at thejourney.fm. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1 as Pastor Steve concludes his message titled, Six Reasons to Worship the Newborn King. Now, I've got six things I want to say today, just six. Here's the first one. Before Jesus was born, he was the Word. So not only did he pre-exist or exist in eternity past, but he existed with God. What John wants us to do right away in the beginning of this gospel is to begin to stare at the Word with wonder and with worship in our hearts. He was born in a manger, and yet he pre-existed that birth as the Word in eternity past. He had always existed. The second thing is, before he was born, he created the world. I can't understand how he would create all of this. I don't get that. But the point here is that we are to not necessarily get it, but to look at it with wonder and worship in our heart and to think, whoa, Whoa, this word, this second person of the Trinity is somebody so amazing. So before he was born, he was the word. And before he was born, he created the world. And here we find that when he was born, it was God becoming man. The word became flesh. What he's talking about is that he became physical. He became matter. He took on he took on human form. Prior to this, he had always been a spirit, but now he is one of us. How did the Word become one of us? And here now we have a mystery. We cannot understand. And even the Bible describes it in discrete general language, but doesn't totally explain it to us. This is the miracle of the virgin birth, which Luke chapter 1 describes for us. The word became flesh and the angels were astounded by it. And of course, here's the reason that we need to get fired up, yes, about the virgin birth of Jesus on Christmas is that if he wasn't fully God, then guess what? We're going to hell. Why? Because he had to be God in order for the worth of his sacrifice to pay for the sins of the world. And if he wasn't God, if somehow he really, he, that, 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 that Holy Spirit virgin birth thing didn't, wasn't really what happened, then we're all lost. And if he wasn't fully man, then guess what? He couldn't die for our sins because we had to have a representative, one of us, that died for our sins. The wages of sin is death, and man had to die to pay the price for sin. Friends, listen, this ought to be something that stirs the heart of the Christian 
as it is thought about and talked about and, and taught in Scripture that our Savior, that little baby, as it came out of the womb and laid in the manger, was as God, as God is God, and as man as you and I are, fully God, fully man, a fully qualified Savior. You're saying, well, Pastor Steve, where's Christmas here? You want to know where Christmas is? If you look at verse 14, you see that little word became? There's Christmas. That's Christmas right there. In the Greek, it's in the aorist tense. It, mean, it means a simple past action. It means he became something that, that wasn't true before. He became flesh. He became one of us. So, I would suggest to us here this morning that for those of us that are sort of getting it and are excited about this as we ought to be, that this is something that should get us kind of fired up at Christmas time to think about one more time the divine human nature of Jesus in the manger. After Jesus was born, he lived a human life. Now, why is this important? You realize that as wonderful as the incarnation is, it is inadequate to save any of us. Christmas doesn't save anyone. But the Bible tells us that he didn't just come make a sort of social appearance like some celebrity would do, hello, hello, kiss babies, shake hands, and then get out of there, that he dwelt amongst us, that he lived amongst us. Every weakness, every frailty, every discouragement that we have experienced, our Savior experienced as well. And that is why Hebrews says this is what qualifies him to be our high priest. His heart fills with compassion because he has experienced the very things that we are experiencing in our own lives. He is therefore an all-sufficient Savior. And John loves that. He celebrates it here. I've seen, he says, he says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. It's a wonderful truth. Our faithful high priest. All right, here's the fifth thing. Here's John's conclusion. Here's what he says. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The word that describes his birth and his life is glory. What glory is John talking about when he says that we have seen his glory? Could include, of course, the transfiguration, but so much more. How about his miracles? And of course, Jesus' glory goes far beyond his miracles to his humility. And this is the paradox this is, this is the, the conundrum of the God-man, is that we look at all that he was prior to coming to earth, his preexistence, his creative power, his deity, everything that he was, and then we look at his life. And none of the things that you would expect to see in somebody so great do you necessarily see in his life. Like, there is no castle, there is no army, there is no throne, there is no flamboyance, there is no flaunting. In fact, if anything, Jesus is the lowliest man that has ever lived with 12, 12 uneducated, scraggly followers that trailed behind him around the countryside. And how did Jesus treat them? Did he lord it over them? No. He washed their feet and said, actually, I want you to know something. I'm your servant. The king of the universe. I'm your servant. And of course, this is supremely displayed when the king, the creator 
allowed himself one night to be bound by men. And in his own words, he said, as his disciples tried to defend him, he said, do you not realize that right now, if I merely whispered the desire, 10,000 angels would come rushing to my aid. He allowed himself to be bound. He allowed himself to be mocked. He allowed himself to be beaten, whipped to the edge of death. And then he allowed himself, the king, to be nailed to a cross. And when he died, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And John looks at the humiliation of Jesus on the cross, hanging there naked, humiliated in every possible way. He looks at the landscape of all that Jesus did, and he said, it was glory, and I have seen it. And of course, there was another glory that John saw when three days later, he's one of the first to the tomb, he looks in and he sees those cloths laying there and it says that he believed. John might have been the very first believer in the resurrection. It was the same guy that wrote what we're talking about here. All of it glory. He looks at all of it and he says, this word that became flesh, there was something about him that was so awesome, so wonderful. We have seen his glory. And verse 14 is one of the most wonderful verses in all of the Bible. It says so much in so little. The word became flesh. That's Christmas. He dwelt amongst us 33 years. We have seen his glory, death, burial, resurrection, ascension. It's the whole story in one verse. And it's your Christmas verse today. And right now I think I can hear somewhere in the audience... I can hear somebody saying, well, thank you very much, Pastor Steve. That's a very nice message. That's a very nice truth that you've shared with us, a very nice Christmas story. Isn't it sweet? Isn't it nice? And do the same thing that millions of people are going to do today. You heard in my prayer, I prayed. I said, Lord, today I know that there are churches that are filling up all over the world. Millions of people are going to church today. And that is true here as well. There are many people here today, and my fear is that we might miss it, okay? That that unbridled joy might somehow be missed by somebody here today. Now, tell me, have you noticed this? When you go shopping over the last month, what do you hear as you're shopping? People arguing, of course, yes, that. But you hear Christmas music playing, don't you, over the speakers. And so people are shopping down here, and there's Christmas music. And some of them, of course, are silly Christmas songs about uh, Grandma either uh, making out or getting killed by Santa and <laughs> other things like that. But there are, the majority of the songs are Christian songs that say things like this. He rules the world with truth and with grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness, and wonders of his love, and wonders of his love, and wonders, wonders of his 
love. And so that is playing over the sound systems in the, in the stores. And down below, you have all kinds of people shopping. And do you realize that there is enough truth in the songs that are being played in the stores that if anybody would hear it and embrace it, they would experience eternal life. Think of that. There is enough gospel in those songs to lead them to saving faith and an eternity and glory in heaven. And so this truth, this wonderful, life-changing truth is being played over the speakers. And what, what are the people actually hearing down below? It's like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. They're not getting it at all. Thursday night up in Chicago, Every year they do this at the Civic Theater. They have the annual, uh, like, do-it-yourself handles, handles Messiah, where you go, and it's like thousands of people go, and they're just, you know, normal people that go, and everybody, they sing the entire Messiah at the theater. And so we had people from our church that went this year. It was Thursday night. And... Uh, People all over the world this time of year will listen to this music, will sing this music. It's one of the most famous songs that there is. Millions of people will uh, listen and talk about how beautiful the music is. But listen to the words from the Messiah. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. And they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, unto us a son is given, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. <laughs> the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. King of kings and Lord of lords, King of kings and Lord of lords, Alleluia! They sing that song out like that. And now, they also stand during it, and I noticed that you didn't. So I don't know what that's all about. Perhaps it was my rendition that didn't inspire the respect for the beauty of the song. But people stand and they clap and they say they say isn't that wonderful music listen to the beautiful music isn't it wonderful and the truth of the words are in their ears like this wah, 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 wah. they don't get it and don't you sometimes maybe at the mall at the store you want to stand up and scream is anybody listening to what is being said or sung or read because it's like it's just lost on people. They miss it. They miss it. And I don't want anybody here today to miss it. There is a truth here that is worthy of getting fired up about. And if you're not a Christian today, to embrace in your heart and to believe, which is the last thing that I have, and it's from verse 12. Here is the great package. 
John says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And here it is. Before he was born, he was God. And when he was born, he was the God-man. And after he was born, he lived amongst us. All of that is true. And if his life is as glorious as the people that lived with him said that it was, then verse 12 is the greatest thing that you or I will ever hear. And that is that this person that lived and died was so special and so unique as to be Savior and Lord of the world. And I stand before you to tell you this, that he died for you. That he loves you. And maybe here in this room we've got some people that you don't have anybody to be with this holiday. And the fear and the, and the emotions of loneliness and maybe rejection and self-pity creeping into your heart in some way, you wonder, is there anybody that loves me? And I'm here to tell you from the Bible that there is nobody that loves you the way that Jesus does. And the, the evidence of that is his cross where he died for your sins and now says through the word of God if anybody will receive this is a gift just like Christmas it's a gift receive what I have done and believe in my name believing that he died as Lord and Savior for my sins that God will make you his son that's pretty good don't you think that's pretty good. And I told you when I started that I wanted to unpackage this before you and that it should lead to a response like the kids, <laughs> like the kids in the, in, the, in the commercial. And so here it is, or should I say, here he is. And our response is yes, yes, yes. Amen and amen. That was Pastor Steve DeWitt concluding six reasons to worship the newborn king right here on The Journey. And now Pastor Steve is in the studio with us to provide some closing thoughts about this message and leave us with some important takeaways. Steve, it's great to have you with us. Hey, Tim, great to be with you this great time of the year, Christmas season. Merry Christmas, everyone, and uh, Merry Christmas to you, Tim. Well, thanks, Steve. Merry Christmas to you. We're just a couple of days away, and I know... Uh, Christmas Eve services are a, a big thing at uh, Bethel Church. We have numerous uh, service times and locations, and we, we'd love for you to be a part of that if you're around the Midwest or Chicagoland area this Christmas season. Yep, I will just affirm that. Uh, it's a real highlight for our church, and so if you're connected through the journey and you'd like to come and be a part of it, you can go to BethelWeb.org, which gives our service times. And if uh, you can't make it, but you'd like to join it by live stream, you can go again to BethelWeb.org for links to uh, enjoy our Christmas Eve services. We'd be happy to have you. All right, Steve. Well, as we're concluding this six reasons to worship the newborn king message, I know there were uh, six points throughout the message there. And number one, if you weren't with us, was before Christ was born, he was the word. You want to maybe just recap that for us a little bit? Sure, this is the very important doctrine of the pre-existence of Christ, that when he was born, that was not the beginning of his uh, existence, that because he is one with God, member of the Trinity, 
that he always has been. And of course, that is mysterious to us. There's nothing in our reality that doesn't have a beginning. But Jesus didn't have a beginning. He is the eternal Son of God. And just grappling with that ought to cause us to worship him. There is nobody in this world like him. He has always been. All right, point number two, the word was God and he created the world. And we're going to kind of skip that one. Once again, though, you can go back and listen at thejourney.fm. Point number three, the word became flesh. Why is that so important? Well, it's the emphasis of the New Testament. It is the inbreaking into this created order of the, of the divine. Uh, in fact, when we talk about the incarnation, it literally is what it means, that Jesus, who was spirit, took on human flesh. And that taking on was a uniting to human flesh that made him truly fully human while retaining the same divine nature that had always been his in eternity past. And this is, again, one of these Christian doctrines that you just sort of sit back and go, whoa, like I, I can't understand how this can be. And yet it is one more reason that we should worship him, which is the point of the whole series. And I know as uh, humans, this one is actually very comforting because God became flesh. Like he, he experienced what we're experiencing. Hmm. He's not just some entity up there that we're praying to that doesn't know what we're going through. He, he knows what we're going through. He felt it because he was human. And still is, you know, to, to realize that he took on flesh and will always be in the flesh is something that someday when we get to experience him wiping the tears from our eyes as we perhaps get to hug him um, to to feel his physicality it'll be immensely wonderful for humans to embrace the human savior all right we're quickly running out of time here point number four was he lived among us why is that important well, it tells us that he experienced what it means to be fully human. Uh, the day-to-day experience of life was what Jesus lived. And to your point earlier, it means that he can relate to us, and it sure helps us to relate to him. Thanks, Steve. Those are some great action points to take away from this study as we get closer to Christmas Day and the New Year. Again, you're listening to The Journey with Steve DeWitt. And today's message was titled, Six Reasons to Worship the Newborn King. If you tuned in late, remember you can access every message from our Christmas series online at thejourney.fm. On our website, you'll also find articles and other practical resources designed to help you grow in your faith and live it out each and every day. If you're looking for an easy way to listen to The Journey on the go, then subscribe to our podcast. Just search your favorite podcast app, such as Apple, Google, or Spotify, for The Journey with Pastor Steve DeWitt. Well, I just want to take a moment to thank our listeners and our faithful monthly supporters who give generously to help keep the journey on the air. Because of friends like you, we're able to share God's Word with listeners around the country through the radio and internet, helping people meet God wherever they're at in their own life's journey. And when you give a generous year-end gift today, you'll help ensure that the clear biblical teaching on the journey continues to reach listeners in the new year. 
So would you give today? You can call 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or make a donation online at thejourney.fm. And as a thank you for your generous gift, we'd like to send you Max Lucado's book titled In the Manger, 25 Inspirational Selections for Advent. This book is perfect for preparing your mind and soul to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ on Christmas, Lent, or at any time throughout the year. These readings will give you a different perspective of an age-old story and help you know and love Christ even more. Request your copy of In the Manger today by calling 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or go to our website, thejourney.fm. Well, I'm your host, Tim Svoboda. Be sure to join us again tomorrow for another inspiring Christmas message titled, Glory in the Manger. That's Thursday on The Journey with Steve DeWitt. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.